Section One of Modern Magic. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Heather Eney. Modern Magic by Maximilian Shell de Vere. Witchcraft. Witchcraft is an illegitimate miracle. A miracle is legitimate witchcraft. Jacob Burma perhaps in no direction has the human mind ever shown greater weakness than in the opinions entertained of witchcraft if hecate the oldest patroness of witches wandered about at night with a gruesome following and frightened lovers at their stealthy meeting or lonely wanderers on open heaths and in dark forests her appearance was at least in keeping with the whole system of greek mythology tacitus does not frighten us by telling us that witches used to meet at salt springs nor the edda when speaking of the bearers of witches kettles against whom even the salic law warns all good christians but when the council of ancyra in the fifth century fulminates its edicts against women riding at night upon weird animals in company with diana and herodias the strange combination of names and the dread penalties threatened make us almost think of witches as real and most marvellous beings and when wise counsellors of french parliaments and grey dignitaries of the holy german empire sit in judgment over a handful of poor old women when great english bishops and zealous new england divines condemn little children to death because they have made pacts with the devil attended his sabbaths and bewitched their peaceful neighbors then we stand amazed at the delusions to which the wisest and the best among us are liable christianity it is true shed for a time such a bright light over the earth that the works of darkness were abhorred and the power of the evil one seemed to be broken according to the sacred promises that the seed of woman should bruise the serpent's head thus charlemagne in his fierce edict issued after the defeat of the saxons ordered that death should be inflicted on all who after pagan manner gave way to devilish delusions and believed that men or women could be witches persecuted and killed them or even went so far as to consume their flesh and give it to others for like purposes but almost at the same time the belief in the devil distinctly maintained in holy writ spread far and wide and as early as the fourth century diseases were ascribed not to organic causes but to demoniac influences and the devil was once more seen bodily walking to and fro on the earth accompanied by a host of smaller demons it was but rarely that a truly enlightened man dared to combat the universal superstition thus agobard archbishop of lyons shines like a bright star on the dark sky of the ninth century by his open denunciation of all belief in possession in the control of the weather or the decision of difficulties by ordeal for like reasons we ought to revere the memory of john of salisbury who in the twelfth century declared the stories of knightly assemblies of witches with all their attending circumstances to be mere delusions of poor women and simple men who fancied they saw bodily what existed only in their imagination 
the church hesitated now requiring her children to believe in a devil and demons and now denouncing all faith in supernatural beings the thirteenth century by leibniz called the darkest of all developed the worship of the evil one to its fullest perfection the writings of st augustine were quoted as confirming the fact that demons and men could and did intermarry and the jinns of the east were mentioned as spirits who sought the daughters of men for wives the first trace of a witch's dance is found in the records of a fearful auto-da-fe held in toulouse in the year thirteen fifty three and about a century later the dominican monk jacquier published the first complete work on witches and witchcraft he represented them as organized after the prevailing fashion of the day in a regular guild with apprentices companions and masters who practiced a special art for a definite purpose it is certainly most remarkable that the same opinion in all its details has been entertained in this century even and by one of the most famous german philosophers eschenmeyer while the zeal and madness of devil worshippers were growing on one side persecution became more violent and cruel on the other side till the trials of witches assumed gigantic proportions and the proceedings were carried on according to a regular method these trials originated invariably with theologians and although the system was not begun by the papal government it obtained soon the pope's legal sanction by the famous bull of innocent the eighth sumis desiradantes dated december fourth fourteen eighty four and decreeing the relentless persecution of all heretical witches the far-famed malleus malefactum written by the two celebrated judges of witches sprenger and gremper and full of the most extraordinary views and statements reduced the whole to a regular method and obtained a vast influence over the minds of that age the rules and forms it prescribed were not only observed in almost all parts of christendom but actually retained their force and legality till the end of the seventeenth century nor were these views and practices confined to catholic countries a hundred and fifty years after the reformation a great german jurist and protestant carpzon published his praxis criminalis in which precisely the same opinions were taught and the same measures were prescribed the puritans it is well known pursued a similar plan and the new world has not been more fortunate in avoiding these errors than the old world a curious feature in the above-mentioned works is the fact that both abound in expressions of hatred against the female sex and still more curious though disgraceful in the extreme that the special animosity shown by judges of witchcraft against women is solely based upon the weight which they attached to the purport of the mosaic inhibition thou shalt not suffer a witch to live these are dark pages in the history of christendom blackened by the smoke of funeral piles and stained with the blood of countless victims of cruel superstition for here the peculiarity was that in the majority of cases not the humble sufferers whose lives were sacrificed but the haughty judges were the true criminals the madness seems to have been contagious 
for protestant authorities were as bloodthirsty as catholics the inquisition waged for generations unceasing war against this new class of heretics among the nations of the romanic race germany saw great numbers sacrificed in a short space of time and in sober england even three thousand lost their lives during the long parliament alone while according to barrington the whole number who perished amounted to not less than thirty thousand if only few were sacrificed in new england the exception was due more to the sparse population than to moderation in south america on the contrary the persecution was carried on with relentless cruelty and all this happened while fierce war was raging on almost everywhere so that while the sword destroyed the men the fire consumed the women occasionally most startling contrasts would be exhibited by different governments in the north james i claiming to be as wise as solomon and more learned than any man in christendom imagined that he was persecuted by the evil one on account of his great religious zeal and saw in every catholic an instrument of his adversary his wild fancy was cunningly encouraged by those who profited by his tyranny and catholics were represented as being one and all given up to the devil the mass and witchcraft the three unholy allies opposed to the trinity in the south the republic of venice with all its petty tyranny and proverbial political cruelty stood almost alone in all christendom as opposed to persecutions of wizards and witches and fought the battle manfully on the side of enlightenment and christian charity the horrors of witch trials soon reached a height which makes us blush for humanity the accused were tortured till they confessed their guilt so that they might lose not only life upon earth but also hope for eternity if under torture they declared themselves innocent but ready to confess their guilt and to die they were told that in such a case they would die with a falsehood on their lips and thus forfeit salvation some of the sufferers were found to have a stigma on their bodies a place where the nerves had been paralyzed and no pain was consequently felt this was a sure sign of their being witches and they were forthwith burnt if they had no such stigma the judge decided that the devil marked only his doubtful adherents and left his trusty followers unmarked the terror became so great that in the seventeenth century repentant witches abounded because it had become customary merely to hang or to decapitate those who confessed while all others were burned alive hundreds suffering of painful diseases or succumbing to unbearable privations forthwith fancied themselves bewitched or actually sought relief from the ills of this life by voluntarily appearing before the numerous tribunals for the trial of witchcraft the minds of men were so thoroughly blinded that even when husbands testified the impossibility of their wives having attended the witch's sabbath because they had been lying all night by their side in bed they were told and quite ready to believe that a phantom had taken the place of their absent wives in one of the most famous trials 
five women confessed after suffering unspeakable torture that they had disinterred an infant the child of one of their number and supped upon it with the devil the father of the child persevered till the grave was opened and behold the child's body was there unharmed but the judges declared it to be a phantom sent by the evil one since the confession of the criminals was worth more than mere ocular proof and the women were burnt accordingly the most signal proof of the absurdity of all such charges was obtained in our own country here the number of those who complained of being plagued and injured by demoniac agencies became larger in precise proportion as trials increased and condemnations succeeded but when nineteen of the accused had been executed and the judges becoming appalled at the daily growing number of complaints set some of the prisoners free and declined to arrest others there was suddenly an end of these grievances no more accounts of enchantment and witchcraft were heard and soon the evil disappeared entirely it was a similar return to reason which at last led in europe also to a reaction the doge of venice and the great council appealed to the pope leo x to put a curb upon the intemperate zeal of his ministers and he saw himself forced to check the merciless persecution occasionally voices had been raised already before that public appeal condemning such wholesale slaughter among these were men like bacon of verulam reginald scotus and marvel of marvels two famous jesuits tanner and spee and yet even these merciful and enlightened men never for a moment doubted the genuineness of witchcraft and its fatal effects father spee a most learned man writing against the ceaseless persecutions of pretended witches nevertheless declared in sixteen thirty one in his renowned cautio criminalis by far the best work written on that side of the question that there are in the world some few wizards and enchanters which could not be denied by any body without frivolity and great ignorance and even bale while condemning the cruelty of witches trials seriously proposes to punish witches for their ill-will vaudet the well-known librarian of cardinal mazarin wrote an able work as an apology of all the great men who had been suspected of witchcraft including even clemens v sylvester the second and other popes and a renowned capuchin monk d'autun pursued the same subject with infinite subtlety of thought and great happiness of diction in his l'incrédulité savante et la crédulité ignorante a witch was however still condemned to be burned in sixteen ninety eight in germany fortunately the judge a distinguished jurist of the university of hall was remonstrated with by an esteemed colleague and thus induced to examine himself as well as the whole grievous subject with unsparing candor this led him to see clearly the error involved in trials of witchcraft and he wrote in seventeen o one a most valuable and influential work against the crime of magic 
he succeeded especially in destroying the enormous prestige heretofore enjoyed by del rio's great work disquisitions magicae the favorite handbook of judges of all lands which was even adopted though from the pen of a jesuit by the protestants of germany in no case however were the personal existence of the devil and his activity upon earth denied by these writers on the contrary it is well known that luther melanchthon and even calvin continued always to speak of satan as having a corporeal existence and as being perceptible to human senses the negation contended for applied only to his direct agency in the physical world his moral influence was ever readily admitted sporadic cases of witchcraft and their trial by high courts of justice have continued to occur down to our day maria theresa was the first peremptorily to forbid any further persecutions on account of beneficium as it had become the fashion to call the acts of magic by which men or beasts were said to be injured there are however writers who maintain in this century and in our generation even the direct agency of the devil in daily life and see in demoniac sufferings the punishment of the wicked in this life already the question of how much truth there may have been in this belief in witchcraft held by so many nations and persevered in during so many centuries has never yet been fully answered it is hardly to be presumed that during this long period all men even the wisest and subtlest should have been completely blinded or utterly demented many historians as well as philosophers have looked upon witchcraft as a mere creation of the inquisition rome they argue was in great danger she had no new dogma to proclaim which would give food to inquiring minds and increase the prestige of her power she was growing unpopular in many countries heretofore considered most faithful and submissive and she was engaged in various dangerous conflicts with the secular powers in this embarrassment her inquisitors looked around for some means of escape and thought a remedy might be found in this new combination of the two traditional crimes of heresy and enchantment witchcraft as a crime because of the deeds of violence with which it was almost invariably associated belonged before the tribunal of the secular judge as a sin it was to be punished by the bishop but as heresy it fell according to the custom of the day to share of neither judge nor bishop but into the hands of the inquisition the extreme uniformity of witchcraft from the tagus to the vistula and in new england as in old england is adduced as an additional evidence of its having been manufactured by the inquisition nothing is gained however by looking upon it as a mere invention nor would such an explanation apply to the wizards and witches who are repeatedly mentioned and condemned in holy writ witchcraft was nearly purely artificial a mere delusion nor can it be accounted for upon a purely natural basis the essential part in it is the magic force which does not belong to the natural but to the spiritual part of a man 
Hence, it is not so very surprising, as many authors have thought it, that thousands of poor women should have done their best to obtain visions which only led to imprisonment, torture, and death by fire, while they procured for them apparently neither comfort nor wealth, but only pain, horror, and disgrace. For there was a mixed up with all this a sensation of pleasure, vague and wild, though it was in conformity with the rude and coarse habits of the age. It is the same with the opium-eater and hashish smoker, only in a more moderate manner. The delight these pernicious drugs afford is not seen, but the disease, the suffering, and the wretched death they produce are visible enough the stories of witches sabbaths taking place on certain days of the year arose no doubt from the fact that the prevailing superstition of the times regarded some seasons as peculiarly favorable for the ceremony of anointing one's self with narcotic salves and this led to a kind of spiritual community on such nights which to the poor deluded people appeared as a real meeting at appointed places in like manner there was nothing absolutely absurd or impossible in the idea of a compact with the devil satan presented himself to the minds of men in those ages as the bodily incarnation of all that is evil and sinful and hence when they fancied they made a league with him they only aroused the evil principle within themselves to its fullest energy and activity it was in fact the selfish covetous nature of man ever in arms against moral laws and the commandments of god which in these cases became distinctly visible and presented itself in the form of a vision this evil principle now relieved from all constraint and able to develop its power against a feebly resisting soul would naturally destroy the poor deluded victim in body and in spirit hence the trials of witchcraft had at least some justification however unwise their form and however atrocious their abuses the majority of the crimes with which the so-called witches were charged were no doubt imaginary but many of the accused had also taken real delight in their evil practices and in the grievous injury they had done to those they hated or envied nor must it be forgotten that the age in which these trials mainly occurred was emphatically an age of superstition from the prince on his throne to the clown in his hut everybody learnt and practised some kind of magic the ablest statesmen and the subtlest philosophers the wisest divines and the most learned physicians all were more or less adepts of the black art and many among them became eminently dangerous to their fellow-beings others ceaselessly meditating and brooding over charms and demoniac influences finally came to believe in their own powers of enchantment and confessed their guilt although they had sinned only by volition without ever being able really to call forth and command magic powers still others labored under a regular panic and saw witchcraft in the simplest events as well as in all more unusual phenomena in nature a violent tempest a sudden hailstorm or an unusual rise in rivers all were at once attributed to magic influences 
and the authorities urged and importuned to prevent a recurrence with all its disastrous consequences by punishing the guilty authors has not the same insane fury been frequently shown in contagious diseases when the common people believed their fountains poisoned and their daily bread infected by jews or other suspected classes and promptly took justice into their own hands it ought also to be borne in mind as an apology for the horrible crimes committed by judges and priests in condemning witches that in their eyes the crime was too enormous and the danger too pressing and universal to admit of delay in investigation or mercy in judgment the severe laws of those semi-barbarous times were immediately applied and all means considered fair in eliciting the truth torture was by no means limited to trials of witches for some of the greatest statesmen and the most exalted divines had alike to endure its terrors moreover no age has been entirely free from similar delusions although the form under which they appear and the power by which they may be supported differ naturally according to the spirit of the times science alone cannot protect us against fanaticism if the heart is once led astray and fearful crimes have been committed not only in the name of liberty but even under the sanction of the cross basil the great already restored a slave ad integrum who said he had made a pact with the devil but the first authentic account of such a transaction occurs in connection with an imperial officer theophilus of adana in the days of justinian his bishop had undeservedly humiliated him and thus aroused in the heart of the naturally meek man intense wrath and a boundless desire of revenge while he was in this state of uncontrollable excitement a jew appeared and offered to procure for him all he wanted if he would pledge his soul to satan the unhappy man consented and was at once led to the circus where he saw a great number of torch-bearers in white robes the costume of servants of the church and satan seated in the midst of the assembly he obeyed the order to renounce christ and certified his apostasy in a written document the next day already the bishop repented of his injustice and restored theophilus in his office whereupon the jew pointed out to him how promptly his master had come to his assistance still repentance comes to theophilus also and in a new revelation the virgin appears to the despairing man after incessant prayer of forty days and forty nights a fit preparation for such a vision she directs him to perform certain atoning ceremonies and promises him restoration to his christian privileges which he finally obtains by finding the certificate of his apostasy lying on his breast and then he dies in a state of happy relief after that similar cases of a league being made with satan occur quite frequently in the history of saints and eminent men till the belief in its efficacy gradually died out and recent efforts like those recorded by goer have proved utterly fruitless among the magic phenomena connected with witchcraft none is more curious than the so-called witches sabbath the formal meeting of all who are in league with satan 
for the purpose of swearing allegiance to him to enjoy unholy delights and to introduce neophytes that no such meeting ever really took place need hardly be stated the so-called sabbaths were somnambulistic visions appearing to poor deluded creatures while in a state of trance which they had produced by narcotic ointments vile decoctions or even mere mental effort for the most skilful among the witches could cause themselves to fall into the witch's sleep as they called this trance whenever they chose others had to submit to tedious and often abominable ceremonies the knowledge of simples which was then very general was of great service to cunning impostors thus it was well known that certain herbs like aconite produce in sleep the sensation of flying and they were of course diligently employed hyoscyamus and taxis hypericum and asaphotida were great favorites and physicians made experiments with these salves to try their effect upon the system laguna for instance physician to pope julius the third once applied an ointment which he had obtained from a wizard to a woman who thereupon fell into a sleep of thirty-six hours duration and upon being aroused bitterly complained of his cruelty in tearing her from the embraces of her husband the marquis d'agen tells us in his lettre juif that the celebrated gassendi discovered a drug which a shepherd used to take whenever he wished to go to a witch's assembly he won the man's confidence and pretending to join him in his journey persuaded him to swallow the medicine in his presence after a few minutes the shepherd began to stagger like an intoxicated person and then fell into a profound sleep during which he talked wildly when he roused himself again many hours afterwards he congratulated the physician on the good reception he had met at satan's court and recalled with delight the pleasant things they had jointly seen and enjoyed the symptoms of the witch's sleep differ however while the latter is in some cases deep and unbroken in other cases the sleepers become rigid and icy cold or they are subject to violent spasms and utter unnatural sounds in abundance the sleep differs moreover from that of possessed people in the consciousness of bodily pain which bewitched people retain while the possessed become insensible invariably the impression is produced that they meet kindred spirits at some great assembly but the manner of reaching it differs greatly some go on foot but as abaris already rode on a spear given to him by apollo others ride on goats in germany a broomstick a club or a distaff became suitable vehicles provided they had been properly anointed in scotland and sweden the chimney is the favorite road in other countries no such preference is shown over doors and windows the expedition however joyous it may be is always very fatiguing and when the revellers awake they feel like people who have been dissipated the meetings differ in locality according to size whole provinces assemble on high isolated mountains among which the brocken in the hartz mountains is by far the most renowned smaller companies meet near gloomy churches or under dark trees with wide-spreading branches in the north of europe the favorite resort is the blue mountain 
popularly known as blokula in sweden and as blakala in norway an isolated rock in the sea between smoland and åland which seems to have had some association in the minds of the people with the ancient sea goddess blakil in italy the witches loved to assemble under the famous walnut tree near benevent which was already to the longobards an object of superstitious veneration since here in ancient times the old divinities were worshipped and afterwards the stry were fond of meeting in france they had a favourite resort on the puy de dome near clermont and in spain on the sands near seville where the hechizeras held their sabbaths the hecla of iceland also passes with the scandinavians for a great meeting-place of witches although strangely enough the inhabitants of the island have no such tradition it is however clear that in all countries where witchcraft prospered the favorite places of meetings were always the same as those to which in ancient times the heathens had made pilgrimages in large numbers in order to perform their sacrifices and to enjoy their merry-makings in precisely the same manner the favorite seasons for these ghastly meetings correspond almost invariably with the times of high festivals held in heathen days and hence they were generally adopted by the early christians with the feast and saints days of christendom thus the old germans observed when they were still pagans the first of may for two reasons as a day of solemn judgment and as a day for rejoicing during which prince and peasant joined in celebrating the return of summer with merry songs and gay dances around the maypole the witches were nothing loath to adopt the day for their own festivities also and added it to the holidays of st john the baptist and st bartholomew on which in like manner anciently the holding of public courts had brought together large assemblies the meetings however must always fall upon a thursday from a determined though yet unexplained association of witchcraft with the old german god of thunder donar who was worshipped on the blocksburg and to whom a goat was sacrificed whence also the peculiar fondness of witches for that animal the hours of meeting are invariably from eleven o'clock at night to one or two in the morning the assembly consists according to circumstances of a few hundred or of several thousands but the female sex always largely prevails for this fact the famous textbook of judges of witchcraft the malleus assigned not less than four weighty reasons women it said are more apt to be addicted to the fearful crime than men because in the first place they are more credulous secondly in their natural weakness they are more susceptible thirdly they are more imprudent and rash and hence always ready to consult the devil and fourthly and mainly femina comes from fay faith and minus less hence they have less faith the guests appear generally in their natural form but at times they are represented as assuming the shape of various animals the devil's followers have a decided preference for goats and for monkeys although the latter is a passion of more recent date the crowd is naturally in a state of incessant flowing and ebbing the constant coming and going 
crowding and pressing admits of not a moment's quiet and even here it is proven that the wicked have neither rest nor peace among this crowd flocks are seen consisting of toads and watched over by boys and girls in the centre sits satan on a stone draped in weird majesty with terrible but indistinct features and uttering short commands with an appalling voice of unnatural and unheard-of music a queen in great splendor may sit by his side promoted to the throne from a place among the guests countless demons attending to all kinds of extraordinary duties surround their master or dash through the crowd scattering indecent words and gestures in all directions english witches meet also innumerable kittens on the sabbath and show the scars of wounds inflicted by the malicious animals every visitor must pay his homage to the lord of the feast which is done in an unmentionable manner and yet they receive nothing in return according to their unanimous confessions except unfulfilled promises and delusive presents even the dishes on the table are but shams there is neither salt nor bread to be found there they are bound besides to pledge themselves to the performance of a certain number of wicked works which are distributed over the week so that the first days are devoted to ordinary sins and the last to crimes of special horror music of surpassing weirdness is heard on all sides and countless couples whirl about in restless obscene dances the couples joining back to back and trying in vain to see each other's faces very often young children are brought up by their mothers to be presented to the master when this is done they are set to attend the flocks of toads till the ninth year when they are called up by the queen to abjure their christian faith and are regularly enrolled among witches the description of minor details vary of course according to the individual dispositions of the accused whose confessions are invariably uniform as to the facts stated heretofore the coarser minds naturally see nothing but the grossest indecency and the vilest indulgences while to more refined minds the apparent occurrences appear in a light of greater delicacy they hear sweet music and witness nothing but gentle affection and brotherly love but in all cases these witches sabbaths become a passion with the poor deluded creatures they enjoy there a paradise of delight whether they really indulge in sensual pleasure or surrender mind and will so completely to the unhallowed power that they cease to wish for anything else and are plunged into vague unspeakable pleasure and yet not even the simple satisfaction of good looks is granted them witches are as ugly as angels are fair they emit an evil odor and inspire others with unconquerable repugnance how exclusively all these descriptions of witches sabbaths have their origin in the imagination of the deluded women is seen from the fact that they vary consistently with the prevailing notions of those by whom they are entertained 
with coarse peasants the meetings are rude feasts full of obscene enjoyments with noble knights they become the rovings of the wild huntsmen or a hellish court under the guise of a venus mountain with ascetic monks and nuns a subterranean convent filled with vile blasphemies of god and the saints this only is common to all such visions that they are always conceived in a spirit of bitter antagonism to the church all the doctrines not only but also the ceremonies of the latter are here travestied the sabbath has its masses but the host is desecrated its holy water obtained from the lord of the feast its host and its candles are black and the ait missa est of the dismissing priest is changed into go to the devil here also confession is required but the penitent confesses having omitted to do evil and being guilty of occasional acts of mercy and goodness the penalty imposed is to neglect one or the other of the twelve commandments when witches were brought to trial one of the first measures was to search for special marks which were believed to betray their true character these were especially the so-called witches moles spots of the size of a pea on which for some reason or other the nerves had lost their sensibility and where in consequence no pain was felt these were supposed to have been formed by being punctured the evil one performing the operation with a pin of false gold with his claws or his horns other evidences were found in the peculiar coloring of the eyes which was said to represent the feet of toads in the absence of tears when the little gland had been injured and above all in the specific lightness of the body in order to ascertain the latter the accused were bound hand and foot crosswise tied loosely to a rope and then three times dropped into the water if they remained floating their guilt was established for either they had been endowed by their master with safety from drowning or the water refused to receive them because they had abjured their baptism it need not be added that the executioners soon found out ways to let their prisoners float or sink as they chose for a consideration witches trials began in the earliest days of christianity for the emperor valens ordered as we learned from ammianus marcellinus all the wizards and enchanters to be held to account who had endeavored by magic art to ascertain his successor several thousands were accused of witchcraft but the charge was then as in almost every later age in most cases nothing more than a pretext for proceedings against obnoxious persons the next monster process as it began to be called already in those early days was the persecution of witches in france under the merovingians the child of chilperic's wife had died suddenly and under suspicious circumstances which led to the imprisonment of a prefect mummelus whom the queen had long pursued with her hatred he was accused of having caused her son's death by his charms and was subjected to fearful tortures in company with a number of old women 
Still, he confessed nothing, but that the latter had furnished him with certain drugs and ointments which were to secure him the favor of the king and the queen. A later trial of this kind, in which for a time calm reason made a firm stand against superstition, but finally succumbed ingloriously, is known as the Vaudoisie and took place in Arras in 1459 it was begun by a count de stamp but was mainly conducted by a bishop and some eminent divines of his acquaintance whose inordinate zeal and merciless cruelty have secured to the proceedings a peculiarly painful memory in the annals of the church a large number of perfectly innocent men and women were tortured and disgracefully executed but fortunately the death of the main persecutor dublas made a sudden end to the existence of witchcraft in that province one of the most remarkable trials of this kind was caused by a number of little children and led to most bloody proceedings it seems that in the year sixteen sixty nine several boys and girls in the parish of mora one of the most beautiful parts of the swedish province of dalarn and famous through the memory of gustavus vasa and gustavus the third were affected by a nervous fever which left them after their partial recovery in a state of extreme irritability and sensitiveness they fell into fainting fits and had convulsions symptoms which the simple but superstitious mountaineers gradually began to think inexplicable and hence to ascribe to magic influences the report spread that the poor children were bewitched and soon all the usual details of satanic possession were current the mountain called blacula in bad repute from old was pointed out as the meeting-place of the witches where the annual sabbath was celebrated and these children were devoted to satan church and state combined to bring their great power to bear on the poor little ones an enormous number of women mostly the mothers of the young people were involved in the charges and finally fifty-two of the latter with fifteen children were publicly executed as witches while fifty of the younger were condemned to severe punishment more than three hundred unfortunate children under fourteen had made detailed confessions of the witches sabbath and the ceremonies attending their initiation into its mysteries a similar fearful delusion took hold of german children in Württemberg when towards the end of the seventeenth century a large number of little boys and girls none of whom were older than ten years began to state that they were every night fetched away and carried to the witches sabbath many were all the time fast asleep and could easily be roused but a few among them fell regularly into a trance during which their little bodies became cold and rigid a commission of great judges and experienced divines was sent to the village to investigate the matter and found at last that there was no imposture attempted but that the poor children firmly believed what they stated it became however evident that a few among them had listened to old women's tales about witches with eager ears and with inflamed imaginations retailed the accounts to others till a deep and painful nervous excitement took hold of their minds and rapidly spread through the community 
many of the children were as was natural at their age led by vanity to say that they had also been at the sabbath while others were afraid to deny what was so positively stated by their companions fortunately the commission consisted for once of sensible men who took the right view of the matter ordered a good whipping here and there and thus saved the land from the crime of another witch's trial our own experiences in new england at the time when sir william phipps was governor of the colonies have been forcibly reported by the great cotton mather nearly every community had its young men and women who were addicted to the practices of magic they loved to perform enchantments to consult sieves and turning keys and thus were gradually led to attempt more serious and more dangerous practices in salem men and women of high standing and unimpeached integrity even pious members of the church were suddenly plagued and tortured by unknown agencies and at last a little black and yellow demon appeared to them accompanied by a number of companions with human faces these apparitions presented to them a book which they were summoned to sign or at least to touch and if they refused they were fearfully twisted and turned about pricked with pins burnt as if with hot irons bound hand and foot with invisible fetters and carried away to great distances some were left unable to touch food or drink for many days others attempting to defend themselves against the demon snatched a distaff or tore a piece of cloth from them and immediately these proofs of the real existence of the evil spirits became visible to the eyes of the bystanders the magic phenomena attended the disease were of the most extraordinary character several men stated that they had received poison because they had declined to worship satan and immediately all the usual sequences of such treatment appeared from simple vomiting to most fearful suffering till counteracting remedies were employed and began to take effect in other cases the sufferers complained of burning rags being stuffed into their mouths and although nothing was seen burnt places and blisters appeared and the odor and smoke of smouldering rags began to fill the room when they reported that they were branded with hot irons the marks showed themselves separation took place and scars were formed which never again disappeared during life and all these phenomena were watched by the eager eyes of hundreds the authorities of course took hold of the matter and many persons of both sexes and all ages were brought to trial while they were tortured they continued to have visions of demoniac beings and possessed men and women when they were standing blindfolded in court felt the approach of those by whom they pretended to be witches and plagued and urgently prayed to be delivered of their presence finally many were executed not a few undoubtedly against all justice but the better sense of the authorities soon saw the futility if not the wickedness of such proceedings and an end was made promptly witchcraft disappearing as soon as persecution relaxed and the sensation subsided similar trials have nevertheless continued to be held in various parts of europe during the whole of the last century 
and many innocent lives have been forfeited to this apparently ineradicable belief in witchcraft even after torture was abandoned in compliance with the wiser views of our age long imprisonment with its attending sufferings and great anxiety as to the issue proved fully sufficient to extort voluntary confessions which were of course of no value in themselves but served the purpose of keeping alive the popular superstition in seventeen twenty eight a specially fearful trial of this kind took place in hungary during which nearly all the disgraceful scenes of medieval barbarity were reenacted and which ended in a number of cruel executions the last witch's trial in germany took place in seventeen forty nine when the mother superior of a convent near Würzburg in bavaria known as emma renata was condemned to be burnt but by the leniency of authorities was allowed to die by decapitation switzerland was the scene of the last of these trials ever held for with this act of justice as it was called by the good people of glarus the persecution ended even in england however the feeling itself seems to have lingered long after actual trials had ceased thus it is well known that the terrible trial of witches held at marlborough under queen elizabeth led to the establishment of a so-called witches sermon to be delivered annually at huntington and this custom was faithfully observed down to the latter part of the eighteenth century nearly about the same time in seventeen forty three an earnest effort was made in scotland to kindle once more the fire of fierce persecution in the month of february of that year the associate presbytery in a public document addressed to the presbytery of the seceded churches required for certain purposes a solemn acknowledgment of former sins and a vow to renounce them for ever among these sins that austere body enumerated the abolition of the death penalty for witchcraft since the latter was forbidden in holy writ and the leniency which had taken the place of the former severity in punishing this crime had given an opening to satan to tempt and actually seduce others by means of the same old accursed and dangerous snares End of section one. Recording by Heather Eney.